Okay, so I've been going wildly back and forth about, like, the order that I want to read and watch stuff in, um, and, you know, I, like, I've already, like, I started reading a couple chapters of, um, what was it, Rogue Planet, that I think is the, the first, uh, of the stuff that happens in between, um, The Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, um, and then I was thinking about watching The Mandalorian just because Monty told me to. Um, and th- then I decided to just go with my original plan of watching all of the, the movies. And then I was also thinking about um, watching the Clone Wars show now that I've seen that like tiny little bit of the uh, that, that, that sort of pilot animation series from 2003. Um, and so no, so I've decided to go with my original plan and just watch all the movies through. Um, and read all of the novelizations through, and then go back in and start filling in all the blanks. Um, uh, Is this a good plan? I don't know. Should I have done this in, like, order of, like, release of, like... Like, see, here's here's the thing, and I I, am thinking about this because I saw that thing about the the person who is watching the Doctor Who... um, the, The entirety of New Who, but, like in chronological order. Did I spill something on the table? Oh, I did. Oops. Um, uh, but, like, in chronological order of, like, when the episode takes place and sort of thinking about, like, proper viewing order of things that are, like, these big, uh, these big franchises is, is intriguing. And I feel like, ooh, I feel like I want to, like, think about that once I have gone through and viewed everything. Um, Note to self, note to future self. I'll probably listen to this again at some point, so future self, write that down. Um, but anyway, what I, where I was going with that was um, I watched Solo, a, a Star Wars story. Um, and this is an interesting one because this is another one that I like, you know, remember going to the movies and sitting down in theaters and watching. Uh, and... I, like, I will be very, very honest with you. I remembered none of the plot of this movie. Like, zippity-doo-dah. I I was like, Han Solo's in it? Chewbacca's in it? I think if pressed, I would have been able to recall that, like, Han met Chewie, like, when they were, like, I don't know, like, in prison together or something like that. But I remembered none of the plot. Um... Here's here's the the other thing. This movie did so poorly in theaters that um or like uh I think gross like revenue wise um maybe maybe also like critique wise um but it did so poorly in theaters that it is the sole reason why they killed like a whole bunch of projects to make other movies. Um so I think there was, you know, there was an Obi-Wan movie slated to be made. I think there was the same for a couple of other characters of just, like, these solo backstory. Like, there was going to be, like, Obi-Wan, a Star Wars story, blank, a Star Wars story over and over again. Um, and this was the, the, the reason why they shifted to doing limited series instead. Now, I personally, I'm so pro-limited series. I'm so pro, um, like that method like that mode of storytelling i think is my favorite um 
because it's it's not a television show in the sense of like we have to make sure our ratings stay high and we want to get another season we want to get another season we want to get another season um but it has it gives you like what a solid like 10 plus hours to 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 tell your story um that's I'm just I'm I'm so here for that. So I don't think that this was a bad decision for me personally, but I think it's just so funny how they were like, well, fuck, this movie did so shitty. I guess we can't we can't make any more. Um, and that also really speaks to how good Rogue One was because Rogue One came out before this one, so it must have like I don't know the numbers, but it like must have been so much more well received than than this movie in order for them to be like, ah, yes, this is this is still a good idea. Um, all that, all that to be said, I remember liking this at the time of release, but I don't remember any, I didn't remember any of the plot before watching it again, which means that it couldn't have been that good. (laughs) Um, and I do also remember a lot of people were being like super, super frustrated about it and, and didn't like it. Um, but you know, I didn't, didn't quite see that. I will say that like, I don't think that it is as again nothing beats rogue one but i don't think it is it is as strong as some of the other like i don't know like i think about the pre i mean to be fair the prequels were three movies worth of prequels but like i think about how well they like set up some of the the sort of things that had to happen in later movies and how they they treated the characters and their backstories and stuff like that and and how good they were um and i don't think that this is is quite up to that level um that being said it was still it was still very fun um again i could organize my thoughts or i could just not and tell you them in the order of them occurring to my brain um the first thing is that i like the sort of start of this uh this movie in this sort of like action-packed chase that we see of Han and Kira running away from the weird priestess lady. Um, it's it's like a good. I think it's a good. It's a good fun start. Um, it's kind of reminiscent of uh, Attack of the Clones, actually, in that sort of like immediate like high octane chase scene. Um, but the, but it's it's fun. It's a good way to 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 get you like. To, to dive straight into the world. Um, I will say, I feel like it's a little like heavy handed when it comes to sort of the, the exposition, um, the, the sort of the character, like how they set up their characters, I feel like is more like telling instead of showing. Like we, we kind of get this sort of sense that like these characters have been on this planet and it sucks to live here. Um, and they do a little bit of this sort of like showing the, oh, by the way, spoilers for this movie. I feel like I, you should just kind of assume that at this point, but oh well. Um, they, they do a little bit of this showing in that, um, when Han comes back to, you know, where he lives, we see all of these, we see these like little street urchins who are like, had this, look what I got. And somebody else grabs it and it's like, haha, now it's mine. And they're like, no, 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 give it back. It's mine. And it's like, it's, it's, this belongs to whoever's hand it's currently in and it's not yours. And we sort of see this sort of seedy underbelly of uh, Corellia that, that Han is, is in and that we realize that he's grown up in. Um, so I guess we get some of that. Maybe this is just like me getting so used to reading stuff in books and how well they, they kind of set characters up in them that's that's different um but 
you know, I don't know, like, it sees, it's the kind of thing that, like, sort of makes sense in that, like, Han and Kira are, like, constantly talking about, like, you know, when we get off this blasted planet and blah, 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 um, because, like, you know, when you're in a shitty situation, <laughs> all you do is you talk about what life's gonna be like when it ends, <laughs> coronavirus, um, but also, like, it feels just a little, a little bit much, um, cinematically at least, um, but it is, it is a good fun start. Um, the other fun, the other fun thing that I did not re- recall about this is Han goes and joins the, the Navy and then flunks out of the Navy and gets put in the army, question mark, um, which is, <laughs> which is just a wild part of his backstory. I, like, I, I do, do they, this is he, oh, this was the, this was the thing I was going to say earlier was like, maybe I should have watched the original trilogy before watching this movie so I could remember something about Han Solo as a character. Um, but maybe I shouldn't have. And now I just start forming my opinions based on early him and then I'll, they'll, they'll change when I reintroduce myself to later him. Um, but I'm like, unless he had some throwaway line about him being in the Imperial Navy at some point, like... Why they do? Why they do that? That's such a wild choice. I, I like it makes sense maybe narratively of like, um, you know, you're trying to get off this planet. You don't have anywhere else to go. You sign up to the navy. Um, that's sort of like, I don't know. Like it's a lot. It it has a logical flow to it, but also it's kind of wild. Um, when he's signing up for the navy, though, there's this like propaganda like poster like. Um, Mo- uh, a short video ad that's like playing behind him um and it's you know about joining the navy um and it's like it's so good first of all because i i'm so i'm so obsessed with this idea of propaganda and like um media uh like in-universe media as as evidenced by my theory of the um the 2003 star wars cartoon being an in-universe cartoon um but like just just sort of like how the average i guess now in this in this time the empirical citizen um how they like view all of this stuff that's going on because we can kind of get these broad strokes and we can get like into the nitty-gritty of the senate and stuff like that um but it's fun to see sort of the the things that you are faced with on a daily basis um, and so, I, like, I do, I'm, I'm just, like, so obsessed with that idea now, and so it's really cool to see that. It's also super, super fucking, super, super cool that, um, this ad plays the Imperial March, um, I guess it might be, like, the Imperial, uh, anthem, I don't know if there, if there's a difference between them, but it, like, plays the Imperial March, and we can tell it it's, it's, um, this ad that's playing because of the, the, the sort of sound quality and stuff like that, um, and again, this, I love, this, it's this idea of, like, so this, this diegetic music is also the music for the soundtrack, um, so it's this, this sort of, like, weird meta-ness, that I was talking about, like, with this, this, this idea of, like, the cartoon being in-universe, um, so it's, I don't know, uh, man, I, I had better formed thoughts when I first saw this tiny little bit of, like, two-second scene, um, but I just love, specifically, um, with music, 
diegetic versus non-diegetic music, meaning like the music that the characters can hear versus the music that is like just the the soundtrack for for our sake. Um, and sort of playing around with that. I love this sort of thing where you see a character like turn on the radio and the, a song starts playing and they start jamming out to it and then they do their whole like, you know, wake up routine and go to school and like the music keeps playing, but it's clear that like, you know, at some point the the radio had had is is no longer here or or the sort of opposite thing where like you hear a song playing in the background of a scene and then like a character flips the flips the car radio off and you realize like oh we were you know listening we were the character listening to this in the car the whole time um i love playing around with that kind of stuff like the sort of crossover between media space and like in universe space um I just I see this is this is this is why I love I love stories about stories I love media about media and and sort of fiddling around with all of these these things that we can fiddle around with because that they are stories that are being told um and this was a really long long tangent for a two second thing just to say they play the imperial march in this so canonically like that song exists in the star wars universe and it makes me happy um the other thing that happens when Han signs up to join the Navy is he gets told his, his, his last name. He does not have a last name, and he is given his last name by the sort of person who's, like, recruiting him. Um, which is an interesting origin. Uh, we see that same sort of thing in The Force Awakens when Finn gets his name given to him by Poe. And that's the kind of thing that's like, actually, I, you know, now that now I'm thinking about that too, um, the sort of, the sort of thing of like choosing a name for yourself versus getting the gift of a name from other people in Finn's storyline, it kind of makes sense that it is given to him because he, you know, is this brainwashed stormtrooper who doesn't understand what's what real life is kind of like. And so this stranger who he helps um, and who is like the first person to kind of like help him in return gives him this this name. Um, and, I, you know, it's kind of narratively nice. Um, but when it comes to, to Han, he gets this name from this guy that we see for two seconds uh, who really doesn't have any, like relevance to him uh he, you know there's there's no in all likelihood han never sees this guy again uh and yet he has given him his family name of of solo um i don't know it's it's interesting D like this is this is a genuine like question like what narratively what is what where are the differences between somebody outside giving you you this name um and how you react to that versus like you choosing to to name yourself solo because you're alone um also i just like thought his last name was solo because that's just his his last name like fucking i don't know um i don't know i just just thoughts about it i don't actually have any like brain conclusions about it um this is also the first movie in which I start to see actors that I know from outside things uh, in the Star Wars universe. Um, so it's like technically that's not like fully true because 
you know, Warwick Davis is in all of the Star Wars stuff that's that's made in this past like twenty years. Um, but most of the, most of his roles, he's in heavy character makeup and stuff like that. He is also in this one, and he you know gets to, you get to see his face in this one, which is nice. Um, and I, f- I feel like there's like at least like an, another person or two that I'm like, oh, now I've seen other stuff with you in oh like Alan Tudyk voices um, K2SO in Rogue One, but. Uh, I, you know, I didn't know who he was really before then. Um, but yes, so this is the one in which the guy, uh, what's his name, Beckett, is played by uh, the, the, the guy who plays Haymitch in the Hunger Games series. And Lando, of course, is played by Donald Glover, um, which is, is just so good. Um, and it's so, it's so funny because, like, I, I don't know. Maybe this is just because, like, this is when D- Disney acquired Star Wars and it started to really become like a, a major, major franchise of of everything. Um, and, and it's sort of the first live action Star Wars stuff since the prequels back, that came out when I was a kid and therefore like were the, the earliest things that I saw out of all of the stuff that the people were in. Um, but it's just, it's just funny because it like, it doesn't take me out of this the story doesn't like uh ruin the illusion for me but it also kind of does when i'm sitting there and i'm watching donald glover play um lando calrissian and all i can think about is like him as troy bolton playing like lando calrissian um anyway again i i don't have any real strong conclusions about anything i just have thoughts um i just have thoughts um what I wrote down early on in the movie was, what the fuck are they doing with Chewie? Why has Chewie been murdering people? And why is he locked up? Um, I, it, it, we find out that it's because that the Wookiees are enslaved by the Empire. And this is something that I like, you know, at the start of this, I was like, this is so fucked up. Like, what the fuck? Like, they're calling, they call him a beast, too. Um, Han actually has this really funny, like, reaction of, like, the beast? Wait, there's a beast? Um, which is really funny, because he, um, throughout his entire time in the war is, like, just kind of, like, a, like, like, <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, he, he, in his, in this battle that he goes into, he sees his ca- his lieutenant or whatever get blown up right in front of him, and he makes this face that I have double dubbed the, uh, war? Fuck that face. Um, and... Uh, you know, he, he has these sort of reactions that are like comical and, and sort of like him being like, like, what are you, are you serious about that? What the fuck? Um, but like, but also beast, wait, what the beast, wait, there's a beast. Like, that's so weird because Chewie's like a, he's a person. Wookiees are, are straight up people. They are like known to be people. They're not, they're sentient like creatures. Um, he knows basic, like, he can, like, I, it's just, it was, it's a weird, it's sort of a weird thing to be dropped into, especially because we know Chewbacca. Um, it's one thing if, like, this is, you know, a character that we d- we've we never seen before, and we're being told that they're a beast, and then we kind of, like, find out, oh, wait, like, they speak a language, sh- like, Han and Chewie share two languages that they can talk with 
between each other. Uh, oh, this is a person. Oh, that now the two of them are going to break out together and be BFFs. This is great. Um, but instead, we're just like kind of immediately asked to to sort of sit with the fact that like he's he's being considered a, a beast, which is just such a it's, it's just a weird vibe. And like I said, we do get this sort of like reveal later on that the Wookiees are being enslaved by the Empire. Um, we have this scene of Chewie going and helping some fellow Wookiees when they're breaking out of the prison thing earlier. Um, so I don't know that like you you sort of get an explanation for that. It's just also super wild. Um, that explanation does sort of fit into this nice little empire thing, um, the xenophobia of the emp- <laughs> nice little thing, um, xenophobia. But the that sort of continued thread of of this xenophobia in the empire, um, and that kind of like hits on another thing that I wanted to to mention, which is the the one guy whose name I don't recall because he's in the movie for so short a period of time, uh, he's got like four arms and he's, he's an alien and he's the one alien out of like the crew that Han flies away with at the beginning of this movie. Um, he dies pretty quickly to be fair. Like the rest of the crew also does, but like he dies pretty quickly. Chewie's there because he needs to be there. Um, other than that, there are like no alien characters. Like the the droid the droid character also dies fairly early on. Like I mean in the middle of the movie, but like shortly after we meet her, um, and I get that this is a thing that sh- that that is probably necessary for CGI purposes to make sure that the artists don't go absolutely nuts. Um, and it's so much easier to uh, pay an actor to act and not pay an actor to act plus. Uh, an effects artist to like be the the creature the creature actor um and then plus the cgi people like i get it but also like i don't know it this is this is the case when it comes to all sci-fi stories and it's um a thing that we get limited in in visual media because you know you can only put makeup on a person so many different ways in order to make them look like an alien without um, A, just making them like human but blue, um, or B, like heavily restricting their ability to emote or move or anything like that. Um, so it, like that is a restriction, but at the same time, then it, we start to see these these stories about like, you know, almost all, like there's so many different, um, races of of aliens and stuff like that and like 80 percent of them are humans human shaped human vaguely like vaguely human adjacent i'm not going to say near humans because that's like an actual distinction in the star wars universe but like that kind of idea of like almost human um and then like 10 percent are like scary for some reason and like 10% are like just whatever like weird um and so i don't know it it it's it got it's got weird vibes folks um i think that when stories explain this it i i enjoy that you know when we hear like oh humans were the first to to kind of go across the universe and therefore like they 
they they it worked really well and they're they're the the most compatible with like other species and therefore like there's so many different hybrids and stuff like that like weirdly like pro-human human human centric or whatever like like vaguely imperialistic and stuff but also it like explains this absence of other creatures a little bit more than like sort of you know you you see you go into a cantina and you see all of these these extras who are in uh, who are all these different types of aliens and then you look at the main cast and all of them are human except for like one of them um who dies early on and it's it's got weird vibes like i know i'm arguing about like a- alien representation um but it's the it's the same sort of it's the same sort of thing when it comes to like representation of real life uh, minorities of like you know oh in this crowd scene of course we'll have all of these different characters of different races and genders and sexualities etc. Um, but the main cast like of course we have to like make sure that they're billable and like attractive and stuff like that and that same it's it's so wild to see that same sort of thing happen in in these sci-fi settings where like of course all of the main characters have to be human because otherwise like blah blah blah, blah. yeah anyway it's it's not a problem in written media because or like you know drawn media like stuff that's not real life um because you you can't you can get away with doing whatever but it is a problem here. Um, anyway, where was I going with this? Um, this movie also, this movie has some pretty, pretty good tropes, like, thrown in there. We've got Han and Chewie that get chained together, and they gotta, like, run through and escape together. We've got, um, it's a good, good, good fighting on top of a train scene. Oh, I love, I love that. I don't know, I just like trains. Trains are super cool. Um, they're they're such a fun setting uh yep there's also there was some other thing that i said that there was another one um they've got this this sort of thing that they do like right at the end of um uh at the end where like um han and chewie like both grab a hold of like the lever for to to jump to hyperdrive on the the falcon and like push it together and it's like oh these space buds um it's really it's like really cute um i also i think maybe this is some of it's not that the those tropes are the reason why but they they made me think of like i think that the the reason that this movie faded into the background of my brain is that it's kind of just it's just a movie you know like it's um like, I don't know, like, you could have taken all of the characters out of, like, oh, like, this isn't Han Solo, this isn't this person, this isn't, you know, given them new names, and, like, it would still be, you know, your sort of average action movie, is 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 what I think my thesis on this one is, is that, um, there's not a whole lot that's inherently like Star Wars about it, except for maybe this sort of like rebellion. Um, and I'm not saying like that in the that oh yes, the the Rebel Alliance is sort of what um, makes Star Wars Star Wars. No, but like this sort of idea of rebelling against these corrupt figures and um, this sort of grassroots movement of people joining together and fighting against evil. That's that sort of hits home in this the Star Wars sort of. M.O. But, but yeah, sorry, my thoughts are kind of disconnected about this. Anyway, um, 
there's a ridiculous scene in which Han and Chewie share a shower, which is amazing. Um, um, what else? I I want to oh I wanted to Google who the syndicates were because they like mention these. Uh, Who are the five syndicates in Star Wars? Okay, this makes okay. This makes a little bit more sense. Um, so I was like, kind of, they like they kind of like mention them as throwaway lines. I guess they're like the sort of vaguely like criminal, criminal groups. Um, and uh, I like I was just like I don't know. I'm not following the politics in this. Um, it's because it wasn't politics. It's because they're all criminals. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh. The, uh, this is, this is another thing that I have, another problem that I have with this movie, um, is they do the, like, they do the, they, they do the fridging thing, um, where they kill off the Beckett's, like, love interest, um, who, like, I don't know, I was, like, so excited to, you know, I've seen this movie before, I didn't remember any of this happening, um, but I was, like, when Han gets taken off of, um, off-planet, he uh, joins up with this gang of people. So it's him, it's Chewie, it's Beckett, it's Val, and it's the other alien whose name I don't remember. And I was like, ooh, they're going to be a fun little like crime family for a bit before something goes wrong and then life happens. Um, but no, Val sacrifices herself to get this, um, this whatever the fuck, like hyperdrive fuel stuff they, they're trying to get. Um, and I feel so weird about that because these are like, they're criminal, like these people are like criminals, they're, they're thieves. Um, you know, I feel like when it comes to thieves, like, yes, you, yes, a lot of them will have loyalty to, like, I'm, I'm saying this, sorry, this is generalization, also something I don't actually have knowledge of in real life, but like, in media, um, usually the morality of a thief is somebody who, um, will uh, kind of put themselves first in most scenario. Um, maybe occasionally we'll have like somebody that they trust and care about so much that like will also like include them in the sort of like me bubble of like, I care about you enough that like, you know, you're worth, you're worth it. Um, and then shortly after that, they'll put like money. And then deep at the bottom is like some sort of sense of altruism. Um, and so Val, like, literally kills herself in order for Beckett to get this stuff. Um, and, you know, Beckett says uh, this whole thing about, like, uh, oh, Dryden Voss is going to kill us when we go back to him if we don't have this stuff, now that we don't have this stuff. Like, you know, it almost would have been better to die if we didn't. And then he goes back and he's like, listen, maybe I can spin it. Maybe it'll be fine. And then he goes back and then it, it is fine. And so, like, it's so clear that, like, you know, Val didn't need to do that. Like, she could have just been like, fuck, this is, we're, we're done here. Like, we can't do this and given up and then gone and faced, faced the music um, with, with Dryden. But instead she blows herself up. And that's, a, I don't know. I just, like, I think that that's... I think it's cheap, and I think it was a good way to get rid of your, like, 
female character who's also a person of color and you know make the the main one of the main male characters sad um and i think it was dumb um what else do i have to say oh what i will say is i remembered nothing about this plot except for a little bit after i saw kira i remember i was like oh wait i think she double crosses them in this right she double crosses them in this um and then there's like there's this scene a little bit right afterwards where um Dryden Voss is like, uh, do you think that Han can get the job done or whatever? And she like, the look on her face is like so much like, she's warring about whether or not to like, get in, like tell Dryden that, that Han can do this. And then suddenly Han gets sweeped up into this criminal enterprise and stuff like that. Um, or, uh, you know, try to keep, try to keep him out of it. And, you know, she, it's like, it's so obvious that like, she's going to, gonna um double cross them and so like as i'm writing this down i'm like oh this she's so obvious in hindsight like that she's gonna double cross them um and i didn't remember whether or not i saw that double cross in the the first time um and so i like throughout this entire thing i'm like writing down of like oh yeah like blah 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 kira um and so what actually happens is kira um does not double cross them really it's the it's beckett who does um, and I, I was like, oh, fuck, I for, <laughs> forgot that happened. I was literally going to write down, like, hey, it's kind of a fun vibe that Beckett just fucks off into the middle of nowhere. Like, it, it, this sounds sarcastic, but also I'm kind of into that. Um, we need just more characters who leave completely, like, threads hanging. Um, but then he didn't, and it turns out he's a double-cross. And then it turns out that Kira's actually double-double-crossed them and blah, blah, blah. And it's, like, this whole ridiculous thing. And I was like, oh, right, that... Yeah, I remembered none of this. Um, also, it's kind of like a weird, fun, fun vibe. Um, you know, it's also got oh the other trope that I was thinking of like this the fun heist vibes of like Han has set up this whole plan where like they're gonna pretend to leave the 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 space juice with the the rebel people and then they're actually gonna bring it with them and the rebel people are gonna disguise themselves and it's like you know this whole this whole big thing um i don't know like it just it feels like kind of vaguely just generic like heist movie ridiculousness and like double crossings and stuff um yeah um what else do i have to say okay there's this really good shot of like han solo's legs and blaster silhouetted um and the, the sort of like Sabak table in the back with like Lando Calrissian like ready to play. It's really good. It's also like the exact trope of like, or it's the exact um, it's the angle that they they do in like, uh, romance movies or like spy movies or whatever where where you've got like a female like assassin main character or whatever where it's like she's all done up in her her like leather cat suit um and we see like through her legs is like the main male love interest and it's like I let me I don't know if I can find um through legs shot uh movies like uh, like there's got to be a name for this oh yeah I'm oh okay I guess this isn't this is the okay the first thing that shows up when I googled this was uh high noon with Gary Cooper and Grace Kelly but that's not that doesn't count but the other thing is like 
uh, James Bond for your eyes only. There's like this scene, the there's this view of of another thing for Chuck. There's there's the same thing. It is like, um, yeah, like I'm looking I'm looking at this. There's just like a lot of stuff that's like. I think it's just like a play. It must be all all be a play off of one thing, um, but no. It, I just thought it was really funny to. That was a ridiculous shot, and they keep joking about flirting between the two of them. I just I love their dynamic. It's really funny, um, and I think that the, that specifically like Donald Glover is really good with getting it right in this. Um, the Han actor, I I have mixed emotions about, but I don't have strong enough mixed emotions to to articulate them in any sort of way. Um, I also wrote down Lando Cape Icon. He has a whole closet full of capes. I love him. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Honestly, a life goal. Um, uh, some other random thoughts in no particular order. Um, the lighting in this movie is, um, especially on the planet with Dryden Voss, is this gorgeous sort of ambient outside glow um it's it's very pale um it's not actually very golden but like i'd say like a little bit a little bit more like more on the warmer side than on the cooler side um and i don't know like it's gorgeous i think i have so i don't know why I, i specifically care so much about like lighting um in movies and because I, I know nothing about it i just pretend that i know anything about it um but it's just it's this thing of like um it looks too like something it, it it evokes a mood in me that like makes it feel not like star wars and maybe that's just because the original star wars is sort of like cobbled together feel it doesn't it's not low budget but like it feels low budget because it was made in the 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 earlier times than than the now times um and and so this sort of like weird mood lighting just just feels off for some reason um it feels very like new sci-fi lighting um and that's a like that's that kind of brings in the 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 big question of like how to preserve the sort of aesthetics of an original show that like or series that um was done so many decades ago as like technology keeps changing um and this is something that like you see also with Star Trek uh where you have to like keep redoing the different alien species because like the the technology gets better and better and like you know it it doesn't hold up anymore that we just throw on a paper mache head onto a person and hope for the <laughs> hope for the best um and i don't know whether i severely lean like one way or another of like pro uh giving giving species a makeover and like stuff like that versus uh just throw them in the same old like same old stuff that they've been doing um Oh, Doctor Who's another one that, that, that deals with this too. Um, but all, all that to say, the lighting is really, really pretty, but I, there's something about it that just strikes me as wrong. Um, the two things that I kind of wish I had watched the original trilogy for first so that I could have some more like coherent thoughts about Han Solo as a character... Um, are like two decisions that he makes in this. The first is that he kills Beckett, um, 
Beckett has like told him like not to trust anybody. Um, and then he like double crosses him, but then he's like, but Kira also double crossed you and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then he's like mid monologue and Han shoots him in the chest and then rushes over and like clasps his hand as he's dying, <laughs> which is just such a weird, that's so whack. Um, like, I feel like they didn't have a close enough relationship for it to be that sort of like, I, I kill you, but yet I hold your hand as you're dying and I'm sad. Um, like, I feel like that's, that's, <laughs> that's way more of like an Obi-Wan and Anakin vibe here. Um, but I don't know. Maybe I should have let this, let this stew in my brain for a bit before I started talking and, and figured out if I have opinions about him doing that. Um, but like, I do think that it, it is a little bit more of like him leaning into the, the, I'm a scoundrel and I'm going to trust nobody. And you know, I, the only person I can look out for is me. And he sort of starts this by realizing the best decision in this moment for him is to kill this guy who is maybe going to kill him. And if not kill him, then like double cross him again. Um, so I do, I do sort of see that and I do sort of like that, but also it's just kind of a, a wild move. Um, and the other thing that I'm like having character thoughts about is that his sort of, um, his altruism. Um, and sort of like, okay. Cause you know, the, the whole thing is a new hope. He, he says he's going to leave. Like he does, he's not in it for the rebellion. He's in it for, uh, the money and, you know, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to fly off and never see you guys again. And then he, you know, turns back around and helps them out and, and everyone's happy that he came back and stuff like that. Um, Therefore, like, it kind of makes sense that he has a very similar storyline here in which he decides to sort of help out these, these rebel people instead of getting his, his big payout here. Um, but again, now I, I just have the question of, like, what is better as a characterization? This character who is, um, like super used to like looking out for themselves and themselves only except for maybe in these like small moments where like i don't know they help they help out a kid on the street or like you know so, something like that um but like when it comes to to most of most of their life they've been making these tough decisions where they put themselves in front of like a, the greater good often and then in this one moment that really matters that's when they like they start to to shift towards this this more altruistic mindset, um, or this is a recurring theme. This guy keeps trying to convince everybody that he's um, that he's he's not a a person who cares, and yet he does it over and over again. Um, and I, I say over and over again, it happens twice. I think that like if it happened more times, then that would be like a really good argument, and that's a fun character dynamic. But this is more of like sort of awkward more sort of like awkward of like it only happened twice and so it's not really a running pattern but i don't know uh, again just interesting interesting decisions being made interesting thoughts happening in my brain i can't tell if i like them or if i don't like them um i also one of the things that i that i realized um i when does this movie take place um Solo, Star Wars story, 
year? No, fuck. Um, year set. There we go. Um, 13 to 10 BBY estimated. Um, okay, because there is a three-year gap in this. So that's... Um, for Battle of Yavin. Okay, so that's 10 years prior to um, A New Hope. I guess that gives it... That's... Oh my god. Jesus fucking Christ. This is so, like... I know I I know I had this conversation a bit ago about like how um the the ages of the different characters and like how Han really is so much older than like the twins and how it like didn't creep me out when I was younger but it so creeps me out that he has a thing for Leia now um just because I'm thinking about the fact that like he's out here like having the love of his life betray him and joining the navy and stuff like that leia's a fucking nine-year-old kid at this point um anyway anyway um um where was i going with this um 10 uh, 10 okay so yes so i guess 10 years kind of does give him the sort of time frame to rack up more of a a um reputation as a smuggler because i was thinking that like this was happening like shortly because he 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 very at the end of the movie like he mentions like oh some 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 guy in the in ta- ta- in tatooine apparently has a job for us and so i was thinking like oh this is this gets set right before new hope but it's very much not okay so if he's got 10 years he can still he can still be a smuggler for another 10 years and this is his his start into smuggling so i take back my thought that i was going to say which was that this feels too quick i feel like he needs more of a time to be a smuggler um okay uh, what else i think that's most of most of what i have to say about this except for one thing um Okay, so the droid L3, who is Lando's like co-pilot and friend. Um uh, I have okay. Like I said, I was talking about droid personhood. I am thinking a lot about that stuff like that. Um I am glad they sort of raised that question in a Star Wars, in a mainstream Star Wars piece of media. Um, but also, I, I just, this is so exactly the trope of, like, the, the raging feminist or the raging, like, protester in general, like, the, the, that conservatives, like, often try to paint people as, um, like, it feels so very surface level, like, we don't get to, this character isn't around long enough for us to get to know them um or get to know her outside of her sort of like i want droids to be free um and like there's this line that she that um she says where like lando asks her like uh can i like you know do you need anything like i like i'm gonna go in the back do you need anything and she's like oh just like freedom from my oppressors um and it's the thing where i'm like you're now in an you're an annoying character because of this and I am, and I'm like, I'm sorry, character. I'm not annoyed at you. I'm annoyed. At, I'm annoyed at the people writing this because the people writing this are responsible for taking this thing that like makes sense. Like a lot of these droids are like android. They're like 
straight up people who just don't have rights. Um, and they're taking this thing and like sort of turning it into a mockery by um, making this droid say all of this stuff. Uh, it's the kind of thing of like, you know, most people wouldn't um, like say to their long-term partner, like when they're going to get stuff like, ah, oh, yeah, just the freedom for my oppressors or whatever. Um, or if they do, they say it in like a sort of joking way that like is is a is a sentiment that is shared by, um, by like a, a collective understanding of of the current situation. Like, I I don't know. It's just it's that exact thing that people do where they make this person out to be so ridiculous that like now you can't take their argument seriously um and then she you know she dies in her own little like droid incited rebellion that she that she makes and like i what was it i googled googled her name to find out who um who her voice actor was uh and this is this is the this is the description um, L337, <laughs> oh, that's funny, L337, abbreviated L3, um, or nicknamed Vuffy, that's wild, um, was a feminine custom self-made piloting droid associated with Lando Calrissian, who is active during the reign of the Galactic Empire. She cared deeply about droid rights, a trait which led to her eventual demise. Like, what? What? Also, I'm sorry, I'm looking at this, I'm looking at gender here, and it says feminine programming. The fuck does that mean? <laughs> the fuck does that mean? <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, um, like, a trait which led to her eventual demise. Like, the idea of, of you wanting rights for yourself being, like, the reason, that, like, a trait which, like, like, that's just, that wording in particular, too, is just like, ugh, like... I don't know, like, they treat, they treat that storyline super terribly, and I get that it's probably because she has, what, like, 15 minutes of screen time to, most of which is not her not talking in order to, to get this whole point across, and they've got to make stuff happen quickly in this movie, but it's just also, it's just whack. Okay, um... I think that's all of the thoughts that I have about this movie. Um, there's not a whole lot of them. I'm I'm excited to read the the novelization because I found that this version that is I mean like this is what they all are, but this version is like extended show scenes from like the extra scenes and blah 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 and like learn about Han's time in the in the military and stuff like that. Um, so I'm hoping that it'll give a little more context to some of this stuff. I want to see I want to see sort of Han's characterization as this, like, act person who actually, like, really cares about society and others around him, but, like, tries as much as humanly possible to put up this gruff, like, sort of outer person as opposed to, oh, yes, it was a, it was a, it was a one-time thing, but it happened twice. Um, I don't know whether or not I actually want that for his characterization, like, Actually, 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 I feel like I check check back in with me again when I have rewatched the movies that he was originally in and remember who he is as a person. <laughs> um, but I don't. Okay, I don't know. My my thoughts are not very coherent right now. Um, 
yeah, this is what I've got. I think this movie, I understand why I didn't remember anything that happened in it after ha having seen it before, um, but it was pretty good, uh, the end. <laughs>